episode 19 nutrition before movement welcome to two dumbbells and a microphone i'm dj moore and i'm joey dussel and i probably introduced that in the wrong order but you know what i'd like to switch things up keep our clients going hey how are they really doing this <laughs> well we do have a reason we do have a rhyme and today's topic i think weighs heavier than what's sort of been put out there you know Fitness has always been talked about. Fitness, fitness, fitness. Be fit, Agreed. Be fit. Showing fitness, fitness, fitness all over these athletes and bodies are just awesome, right? Fitness, fitness, fitness. But nutrition kind of sits back there and kind of hovers kind of secondary sometimes to this, I feel. Yeah. And I think what we're going to do today is we're going to actually kind of flip that around. Yeah. This is part of our counterculture is like saying, hey, nutrition before movement. Is it better than movement before nutrition well we'll discuss that find out that's, yeah the premise of the episode you know is to really drive home the message of like you were saying people kind of have this inversion where the movement gets more attention and all the stupid human tricks and the fitness activities we yeah. can participate in that gets a lot more of the spotlight than the nutrition which i think is an important thing to point out because it's kind of like an iceberg with that massive amount of ice underneath the water unseen compared to that small amount that's actually visible and we like to say why, I'll say why we're doing this a little bit different because actually I think it should be flipped a little bit. So what's underneath should be spun around. Yeah. Okay. Get it inverted. Because we're going to end up spending, I think what we'll have, and I can tell you, I can attest to this myself in my life, is like when your nutrition is on point, mm -hmm. things fall into place much easier. Yeah your exercise or your workouts you will see more benefit from them and more change from them when your nutrition is more focused on right i think the nutrition side should be way more meticulous mm -hmm. and unfortunately it's seems to be the harder of the two between fitness and nutrition yeah people struggle more with the nutrition part more difficult getting it together yeah and it happens to be the the thing we have to have to do Mm -hmm. We have to eat. Yeah, non-negotiable. We, we know what happens when you don't eat. We get really cranky, yeah. right? I get cranky if I don't eat. Mm -hmm. And I can't do all my activities and playing and not eat. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. So if we're going to spend more time having to eat than work out or train, maybe we should flip that iceberg over and talk about nutrition just a little bit more and tell you how more important it is and what the effects will be quicker if this is more of your focus. Yeah, absolutely. The, the frequency of meals comes up so much more often than workouts, right? And we have a ratio over there on the board that I share with people frequently. The numbers on the board are 21 and six. And that 21 represents three meals a day, seven days in a week, right? Maybe you have some snacks in there or maybe you eat a little less frequently, yeah. but representatively, that's the weight of our nutrition demand every week. In the same week, if we're absolutely fantastic at the gym, we might get six training sessions. Maybe seven. Maybe seven. Maybe, yeah, more likely it's yeah. three or four. And some people, it's none at all. And so when we weigh those two numbers, 21 meals and five or less workouts in the same week, I think it makes it clear how much heavier the nutrition is going to factor into your goals. Right. This idea that you've, We've mentioned you know, it doesn't come from just you. It's from years of research and, and mm -hmm. listening and doing things and, and watching how this works. 
the frequency is not being talked about a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like that little number, 21.6, I think it should boggle people's minds yeah. a little bit. They should be shocked. Wait, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've never thought about it. I'm going to have to eat minimally. And if we're asking for correct eating, right? Mm-hmm. And, that's, and we say breakfast, lunch, and dinner or three times a day is sure. what we're going to start you with. Start simple. Very reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, 21 times. It kind of astonishes me because it now as more as an athlete, I eat a little bit more than that. So mm-hmm. I might go four. Mm-hmm. 28 in a week. So that's 28. There's yeah. that snack. And so there's yeah. that more representation of nutrition being more appropriate. I'll lead into this too because I am leaning out a little bit. So I'm losing mm-hmm. some body fat and some body weight like this. And I haven't actually worked out harder. Mm. Honestly, I've started working out less intense, mm. actually. This is kind of like in your last month. Yeah, this you is my last month, core, right? Last episode, we talked about going, it, yeah. What is going on? I know I've been just focusing on being more meticulous with my eating. Mm. Not more meticulous with my training and more intense with my training. No, more intense with my food. And what do you know? Mm. There goes the weight. Nice. It starts to slowly trickle away as I make that adjustment. Not the adjustment in the gym. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I, I can personally attest to this. And I've done this several times. I've gained some weight. I've lost some weight. I've gained some weight. I've lost some weight. And it always gets lost when I focus in on the food. Yeah. Whether it's 28 times or 24 times or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a very serious control handle. And I think that that also speaks to the challenge of it. We talked about 21 meals in a week or 28 in a week if you're eating more frequently. Well, that means that there's there's 21 or 28 times where you have a decision point. What, you, what snack are you going to have? How appropriate is the portion? <laughs> All those questions that swirl around our nutrition, we're literally challenged by them three or four times more frequently than we are challenged by yeah. workouts in the gym. And we could decide what movements to do or what equipment to use or when to show up. Like, There's a whole bunch of challenge that comes to you know stepping foot in there and actually working out. But if you had to do that three times in a day, right? You go to the gym at breakfast time, you go again at lunch, and you go again at dinner. I think it, it really puts an understanding onto the amplitude of right. why this is challenging. Very weird. It, and, it, and that also leads into how frustrated we know people are with this. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just us saying, okay, three times a day, there's a simple version. Something has to change within you as a person in your mind about eating frequency, eating good, eating quality, eating right. healthy. There's more to it than just this. Mm-hmm. So while we say nutrition is, is forefront to your ch- biggest change and feelings in your body, we also know it's hard and we recognize that. And that's why we want you to focus more on this at the start, really. Yeah. I'm going to say this. At the start, more nutritional mm-hmm. work versus more of the workout. Yeah. To say. Agreed. Yeah. You know, I would spend more time in the grocery store, in the kitchen, reading the recipe Label books. reading. Yeah. Label reading. Label reading, yeah. learning your food, qualities, substitutions, all that stuff really should be a foundation. And you should spend the majority of the time on your, in your early weeks on that stuff yeah. and then build up to the fitness and the movement and have those workouts then be supported by quality pre, pre-workout nutrition and post-workout meals. Those go a long way to really getting you the results you want. Yeah, and I know it's within me to talk a little bit more specifically about when to eat, but I don't want to do that. 
Mm. I don't want to complicate this nutritionally and get everybody hyped about well, what what exact times and it, and it's going to be variable for reminder. a lot of people. Yeah. The just the overall sense is that focusing on your nutrition first, your your excellence will come after this. Yeah. It works every single time. It's just tedious. Mm-hmm. Reading a label, flipping it over, you know, maybe you just don't want to see it. Mm. To believe it. Yeah, we're pretty good at ignoring things that distress us. It's it's really unnerving when you go to reach for that can of Coke, right? I was just thinking we of were, soda, yeah. too. Yeah. You grab the can of Coke, and you know what? I like Coke. Mm-hmm. I don't have it very often, mm-hmm. but a nice cold one every once in a while is really, I like it. So, yeah. But when you do grab for it frequently, like maybe you are a, a soda drinker, right? You flip that thing over, you may not want to see how many grams of sugar Feel real unhappy with the total quantity in because there. it makes you kind of hate the fact that you're drinking something you know is wrong. It's not going to help you, right? And so, but if your fridge is loaded with this stuff, where you reach and you don't even know what it's made of, yeah, you can't accurately track your nutrition. Mm-hmm. You can't guess. You know how many people come to me and just like, I think I eat this much. I think I eat this much. I, and then I say, write it down, right? And then you get the piece of paper back. You're like, oh lord, <laughs> yeah. Um, you're way off. Mm-hmm. And then they also see it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, I'm way off. And you're like, yeah. and here's your problem right there. You're way off on your numbers. So- Incorrect about the intake is like, I think one of the most common pitfalls that people struggle with when they are doing a weight loss effort, if they're on a yeah. diet, quote unquote, it's so frequent that I see that they are not correct about the portion size of Always. what they're eating. Yeah. Always. And then severely underestimating some of the harmful effects of certain things like a, a soda can have, you know, 50 to 75% of your daily sugar. What they recommend you should have per day is in this one can. And there's a lot of people that are having half a dozen of those over the course of a day. It's just like, whew, well, trouble. that soda and then other foods that are high yeah. in sugar that that they're not calculating either. And, and I don't want to get too heavy into this, right, guys. It's yeah. just this idea of like, if you're going to make a change within your body, you're going to have to do be smart. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to flip it over. You're going to have to come to grips with looking at this thing and going, there's nine grams of fat and a quarter cup of cheese. And then you pull out a quarter cup and measure it. And you're like, that's not a lot of cheese. Normally, I eat a half a cup. <laughs> with, without even <laughs> yeah. blinking. Yeah. Right? And that's so the ca- miscalculation people fall into. It's incorrect always. about what's in there and then incorrect about what they've served themselves. And it's kind of right. like a one-two punch. And I think something you just said there really struck, stuck with me because, you know, the premise for this episode was we were thinking about if a person had limited time per week or if they were, you know, kind of needing to divide their effort, what would we have them focus on first? And we touched on it originally with yeah. our hierarchy of exercise. We said the first thing a person should do is nutrition. And here we are revisiting that to kind of reinforce the reasons why we think that your effort, at least maybe your first, let's say, five or 10 hours per week are going towards this rather than fitness movements. Well, if something's said once, Mm -hmm. it should be kind of paid attention to. Yeah. Well, maybe if it's said twice, you should really pay attention to it. Yeah, good reminder. And I bet you again, we're going to mention this again, Mm -hmm. and it's going to come up a third time in you're going to want to pay attention to this. This is fundamentally where most people get it wrong. Yeah. Because our our society of trainers and nutrition and coaches are always like fitness first, food first. Food first, yeah. And we hit that ratio Where's to the- begin with, 21 to 6. There's another one that pops into my mind oh, yeah. as we talk, which is the ratio of 23 to 1. 
and 23 to one, let's say you have a 24 hour day, 23 hours, you're going to be not in the gym one hour. We maybe have that workout time and we can play with the timing. Maybe it's 22 and two, right? But the, the point is the majority of your day mm-hmm. is spent not working out not. or doing exercise. It's eating, sleeping, and working. of course, you know, working. whatever your work may be. And so I think that that also should be hopefully another supporting pillar to say the gym time for as much attention as it gets is not as important as this nutrition piece. Because and in order of, of priority, I think we should build that foundation with proper nutrition. I think the first thing or the, the biggest supporter of nutrition first, the first thing that came into my mind was just the sheer speed of calories in versus calories out. This should, Dude, I, I want you to go off. Okay. <laughs> I know that I think you, this could you be the... gave me this pizza analogy and all uh-huh. this stuff, dude, but I slap him in the face with the reality of this because it, I can attest to this so clearly just looking at some of the stuff I've looked at recently on the bag yeah. of packages and this yeah. is that vegan food I've been talking about okay. and, and stuff like that. And you, you just slap him, dude. Let him know. <laughs> slap him. Yeah, we'll hit it. Well, so so as I was saying here, I think I think the biggest responsible factor is how quickly we can eat a large amount of calories versus how slowly or how arduously it takes for us to burn off that same number of calories. And the analogy that I used with coaching clients and that I hinted at to DJ before the show is a slice of pizza. If you think about a slice of pizza, that's usually around 100 calories, you know, give or take the size and and how much oil is on there. Stop. (laughs) Stop. A hundred I'm a pizza connoisseur. Okay. I love pizza. Most yeah. of my cheat meals end up being pizza. Okay. It's way higher than that. Well, let's take a 100-calorie okay. serving of pizza. <laughs> okay, Cut it as small as you need to to sure. make it 100 calories. Okay. Imagine that portion in your mind. Very your small, favorite, Yeah, your favorite pizza with all the toppings that you like. Mm. You can probably eat that, you can estimate, and you can argue with me, in less than 30 seconds. Maybe less than 10 seconds, you know, depending on... Easily. Yeah. I could do that in less than 10 seconds. And so the lesson here is that to burn off that same 100 calories of food that you just ate, it's going to be at least a mile of running. Now, depending on body size and composition, that can be more expensive for someone compared to someone else. And so maybe the distance would have to be a bit further, but it's not going to take you... 30 seconds to run a mile, to burn off the 100 calories. It's not even going to take you a minute, 10 minutes, whatever your pace is. It's going to be an order of magnitude longer to get rid of those calories than it is to eat them. And so I think it's much simpler and easier for us if we stop that before it becomes a problem. Reduce what we intake so we don't have to go through all the hard work Mm -hmm. to burn it off, to to have a, a higher output. What the most likely scenario is is that the person is going to eat this 100-calorie slice of pizza. But they're also not good runners. Mm-hmm. So they can't run, Joe. Right. That's they can't run that mile yeah. to burn that 100 they off. They might face some like, challenges. Like you and me. Yeah. I eat a slice. I could go run a mile. Mm-hmm. Sure, no problem. But most people are not going to be able to do that. So you're probably going to have to walk right. or walk fast. Yeah. How many miles do you have to walk fast in order to burn that 100 calories? It, the degree sure. of time is much longer. Yeah, much longer. Because you have sure. to walk it off. Yeah. Right? And so now the, the magnitude for me, just you just increased it by going, oh, That's a good point. well, I actually had two slices. Yeah. Well, now you're definitely going to have to be walking for 45 minutes or four miles. Right. Do you have time for that? So like you're saying, it's much more appropriate to 
stop the action yeah. prior or learn learn to. You're gonna yeah. have to learn this. Yeah. Learn to stop it before it happens. How to say no. Or, or what did you what did Dan John say? Push yeah. away from the table. So again, we talked about him now two episodes in a row. I'm gonna encourage you to go check him out if you if you have any interest in health and fitness. He's one of the best authors to include on your bookshelf. But uh, Dan John, he has this great bit about gaining muscle mass, getting stronger as an athlete, and eventually finding himself in the situation where the the one workout that he couldn't do, the one lift he wasn't capable of, was the challenge of pushing himself away mm -hmm. from the table. Right to reduce his his caloric intake mm -hmm. is it's just hard for us to do as human beings. And we can talk about a little bit of the biology, you know, kind of the, the caveman in our DNA that encourages us to eat large quantities of fats and salts and sugars, because that's the type of stuff that could keep you alive through a period of food scarcity, yeah, right? Which so we don't have. Yeah, we are primed for a little less, uh, a slower speed of satiation on those foods, right? So you're you're actually able to eat more spoonfuls of ice cream than you could of a different food because it's those fats. And so your body's kind of looking out for you. But nowadays, as you mentioned, it's detrimental because we don't have that food scarcity. And so I think, as you were saying, DJ, from a time standpoint, it's so much easier to have one slice of pizza instead of two and therefore have not uh, put yourself on uh, to do on your list of getting that mileage in to try to burn those calories off. I know how hard it is. And I'll tell you a personal story of mine that relates to me in my journey right now. Mm -hmm. So here I am, you know, losing my body fat, losing my weight, doing such a great job. My, my beautiful lady comes home with three boxes of crumble cookies. Oh, yeah. Oh. Some of them, well, they're okay. And I'm a cookie dude. I love cookies, but she brings these home and she's sitting there and I'm, I'm in the midst, dude, of like saying no to all these things, mm. right? And she brings these beautiful smelling bouquet of cookies and I now am resisting them. Yeah. Forcibly working through my own mental issue of saying it's right there, but I don't have to eat it. Mm. I don't have to succumb to that. And so I don't. So I've been working really diligently with working that mechanism in my own head. Now, I know this is going some deep into some brain stuff, but this is also reps right. for me. Yeah, Saying no to something because my purpose for what I'm doing is way greater. Mm. I have an outcome for why I'm doing this, which will probably be revealed at the end of, a, uh, end of the month because we're going to be when talking working about it. So we'll just give a little teaser in there, yeah. right? Ah, what's he going to do? Like, I don't know. I might leave my shirt off. I'll take my shirt off. Who knows? Ooh. But here I am, I'm, and I'm resisting the temptation. We know how hard this is, mm -hmm. and it takes real work. Mm -hmm. Now, if she would have never brought the cookies home, but I'm fine. Yeah. But I actually kind of dig the fact that I have to work, and I am saying no to it, and I'm winning. Nice. There's yeah. there's pride in that. There's yeah, power in that's that. That's what I and was it, just thinking. And it builds upon itself. Mm -hmm. Now, to be fair and honest, I have had some crumble cookies. Sure, yeah. But when I eat them is really important. Mm -hmm. Like, I will have some of these, right? But I will not eat the whole thing. I would just have a piece. Mm -hmm. And it's enough to mentally get me through and say, I'm good. Yeah. They're so sweet. They're so decadent. They're so good. But you just have to have a little bit. And I'm working on that process of saying, this is good enough. Mm. It's tough mentally. Yeah. Man, see, I think that I'm glad that you share that because I think 
some people believe personal trainers, people like us are on this kind of platform where we're not challenged by the same things that they are. But you're saying, and I'm, I'm seconding with you, that's not true. You know, we yeah. feel these same challenges. And, and I hope that on the podcast and on our websites and stuff, we can share some of the strategies that just help us get through those moments, you know, because you're, you're already tougher than I am by having it in the house. I have no willpower like that. If it's geographically available, I'm going to get to it. And so I literally have to like have, you know, I have to, if I have to get in my car and drive somewhere to get a snack Not or a treat, exactly. Yeah. So that's a big barrier for me that I, I like kind of strategically put that in for myself where there's not even any candy in this house. Not because I'm some fantastic no candy guy. It's because I'm a fiend. You know. Yeah. And so when yeah. I go over to your house. We have a candy table. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You know, these people are learning so much about I know, us. This I, is... We have a candy table. It's crazy. It's it's awesome. It, it's cool. Yeah. It, but I don't I don't participate over there either. Yeah, but I give myself free reign because it's yeah. so infrequent. Right. Yeah. Once a week I'm over at you your place. I can have yeah. I can have that sugar at that time and and it's kind of this balancing act that I think you know, hopefully, again, the, the advice on the podcast can help people get more to that success side. Yeah. And so one thing that helps us kind of kind of to recap what we've talked about, we understand explicitly the extreme challenge it takes to burn off calories. Yep. So that helps us make the decision to not intake them at the first time. That's correct. Right? And I think the second the second arm of that argument is that the other thing that we value is is valuable enough for us that it makes it an easy decision not to violate our nutrition plan. You're talking about this real desire pur- real yeah, purpose. to get leaner. Purpose. You're like, what I'm doing it for is so much more than the the mouth sensation, the yeah. taste is so temporary com- compared to... Compared to what we're about to do. Yeah, yeah, and I think back to wrestling days where it's like you're starving, you have to keep working out, you have this weight goal that you have, exact date, you have to step on the scale. It's totally non-negotiable for me. There was no food item that could possibly be more pleasurable than a victory later on. After I made weight and I still got on the mats and I was able to win, that was going to be way more meaningful to me than what this cookie tasted like or whatever it may be. And so I encourage people to really think about that. It kind of relates to something we've talked about before. Knowing your why, bringing it into your mind right at the forefront, making it very sensory rich and say, hey, I'm not going to have any more of this cookie because it's more important for me to be able to play with my kid, whatever matters to you, think about it. Think it through. Think of everything that matters because eating, it's sensational. It's this phenomenal thing that we have to do. It's a maintenance task for our body. It comes up three or more times per day, and it's awesome. Tastes good, makes you feel good. Imagine, like we talked about, if you had to cut your fingernails three times a day. It's This is boring and lame, but we have to eat three times a day and we think about it ahead of time and we remember back on the last meal we had. We don't do that with, with other body maintenance tasks. So I think we should have like a little bit of a special place for our relationship with food. Oh, you said it. You said relationship. Yeah. We talked about this across the table the other day about yeah. this relationship with food. And I don't know if we want to go into it. Maybe we'll leave that for another one because that's a little deeper. I wanted to get to this next Let's hang on to that. We'll keep it yeah. for its own episode, I think, because it deserves it. I think by itself, the relationship yeah. should be talked about because I can speak very openly about my relationship. We'll and get I'm into sure it. You can too. Yeah. We'll get really into it. And uh, but this, the la- the 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 three there, where it says uh, must eat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're gonna make this a little bit more simple. There's only a few ways you're gonna get your nutrition. 
-hmm. Okay. Either A or one, however you want to do this, you're going to have to go shopping. Yeah. Go to the grocery store, which means you're going to know how, have to know how to cook, mm -hmm. right? Or have recipes to cook this food, which means you have to know what foods to buy if you're going to have recipes, correct? Right. right. Ingredient selection. All the, th the stuff you're going to need to make those meals that you plan. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's one way. Okay. The second way is having food delivered to your house. Right. Service. Right. And then you cook it with your recipes. Right, okay. So they're delivering ingredients and you're going through right. the preparation. If you want to speed things up, you do yeah. this, right, with, with one of your... Used to, yeah, HelloFresh. Okay. Yeah. It comes to you, they give you a card, you follow mm -hmm. along, you cook the stuff. Mm -hmm. Awesome. The third option, probably the easiest option, is that there's companies out there that send you the food already prepared and done, and all you have to do is heat it up. Portioned, self-contained. Regulated. Yeah. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, the ease of which you can get food to deliver to you or right. go get it is, is, I'm sorry, it's relatively easy. Right. Easier, right? I would say, easier to get healthy food than any time in human history. Ever. Yeah. Wow. But also easier to get unhealthy food than any time ever. We'll just put They've that. both grown. It's easier to get food. Yeah. Easier than ever. And yeah. whether it's good or bad is true. Mm -hmm. It's true. You know it's true. Yeah. So what we've really come up with, and, and this is something I've been working on for my website page, is like getting you to make an agreement about what you're going to do. So one, you're going to need a plan. Okay, mm -hmm. What kind of person are you? Do you not know how to cook? Well, you're going to have to factor some things in here. If you don't know how to cook, you're going to have to learn how to cook, which means watching people cook. Right. Right. You have to do repetitions and work. Right. Get that skill. Or if you're not that person, you're going to have to buy the food that's sent to you and you cook it and learn how. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, learning. Right, or have that last stuff sent to you, so you don't really have to think or do. Well, these cost. Right. There's a certain dollar amount for having the food sent to you already done. Right. There's that same dollar amount if it's not done, you have to cook it. And it's the same thing if you got to go drive your car, spend time, and get the groceries, and then come back and cook them. Right. There's only those many ways you're going to get your food. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to pick one, yeah. or maybe you're going to have to combine two. Do a little bit of shopping and cooking for yourself, but then have some maybe delivered to you to make it a little bit easier. Right. You're going to need to budget money because no, no nutrition is good unless you have a budget for it. Right. Now we can talk about the, the cheap way and all the stuff like that, you know, eating, you know, just plain chicken breast and rice and broccoli. There's this, that, but that's not what we're going to do. It's ways to be frugal. Yeah, but there's not, it's not a way to eat yeah. and live. Well, and that's not the premise of today's episode anyways. Yeah. You know, I think what you're lining out is that if a person is looking at a life change and they lack fitness participation and they lack healthy eating habits, spend your initial time learning recipes, how to select ingredients, preparing your food or selecting a meal service before you spend your time pricing gyms and checking out the commute to each one Agree. and what amenities they have and what your workout program should be and what version of squat you should do. Instead of those movement focused things, Put the nutrition up as the beginning, and, and that's where money. you should begin. Yeah. You know it's costly for any of these. Anything. Yeah. Well, groceries are up, you know, so all the prices are up. We know sure. it's costly. We need to get you to do something that I use the word sustainable. Right. right? We use, I've used this in my pillars, by the way, and mm -hmm. here it comes again mm -hmm. from my pillars is the way you're going to get your proper nutrition is find new ways to sustainably do it forever. Yeah. Not 30, 60, 90 days. Forever. Because you have to eat for your life. Forever. Yeah. So it's not like I'm being all dramatic here. 
It's forever. And so this is going to take a process and time. And this is why we want you to focus on it now. Put yeah. all your more of your efforts towards this. And you'll see your changes. And this goes against what everybody's saying, too. Well, and isn't that ironic? Because, you know, personally, for myself, if my budget was super tight, if my life was super busy, if I couldn't afford a gym membership or go to jujitsu classes, I would instead make sure to keep up on my nutrition. 100%. To, to support the body I want, the way I want to feel, I cannot let my quality meals go away. Yeah. And I would never keep my gym membership, but then spend less on quality ingredients that made me feel poorly, you know? And so it's kind of ironic to me that there is this inversion between the health, the advice that health and fitness people talk about and then the health and the advice they'd actually follow for their own self. Well, we've talked to, this actually has been flipped on its head. It's this iceberg thing again. Yeah. It's actually not health and fitness. It's actually been shown as fitness and then it's health. kind of backwards, yeah. Well, and think about people who are injured or who have disabilities that don't support the level of physical activity of other people, the nutrition might be their only weapon, their only tool to maintain their body comp because they can't move. Or if you've ever yeah. been hurt, remember your hamstring or if your leg's yeah. in a big cast, that's right. the time where your nutrition matters even more yeah. because you have no chance or little chance to make a dent on the other side. Keep going here. I'll adjust yeah. our camera. No, right on. And so when we talk about some of these things about these changes that you're making with sustainability of your own nutrition, it's, it's always going to benefit you if you can work on your budget here. I want to stress this more than anything because what you said about eating inexpensively is really important here. There was many, many years where I was on a, a certain budget, and so I had to buy certain foods all the time. Same. But to maintain my you know, physique and my energy levels, it was always the same thing. Mm. But it really helped me understand how much food I needed to eat and how much money I was going to end up spending. And it made it a lot less stressful once I figured out my budget towards it. Because mm. then I wasn't scrambling. I wasn't reacting to it. I was planning, which we got clearly written yeah, up here. Yeah, that's our last pillar, definitely. This right here, after you get everything kind of going, is you need to make sure that that plan is in action. Mm. It's got to make it move. You cannot just have the stuff and not do it. Right. So plan it out, budget it out. Once this done, this is done, you'll calm down with it too. And I got a good hack I wanted to throw in here, just kind of. Well, so on. I think this is an important thing to point out because by I think what you're saying is that by kind of depressurizing the challenge of the nutrition, by having it set out, planned ahead, kind of taken off of your, your mental load. Well, we talked at the top of the show about the frequency of nutrition. You know, basically, if you do what you're, what you're saying, DJ, you're taking that three times a day challenge and you're basically scratching it off. You know, instead of needing to come up with a proper breakfast, lunch and dinner during the course of that day, you've already preemptively done that. And yes. so it's, it's lessening your mental load. And I, yes. the frequency, I think, is the, the reason why that's so important. Yeah. I, when I look into my fridge, I don't go. Uh, I'm like. Container A, container B, container C, they all come out, they go in this bowl, I'm going to heat them up, I'm going to do this. It's all planned, it's all prepared, yeah. it's all ready to go. I don't really have to think anymore. Mm -hmm. I spent years thinking, only to come back and be like, I want to I want to think less. Yeah. And that's when it started to really, like, yeah, this is actually not so bad. Yep. Well, and while you mentioned that, you know, I get this pushback from people quite often when it comes to maybe like planned eating, getting ahead of things, we usually go towards batch preparation where we're making more stuff and maybe storing it in containers for, for reheat later. Well, 
people sometimes kind of dislike that idea. They say, oh, oh I'm not, I'm not going to be able to deal with the lack of variety. And right away, I challenge them by saying, you know, list back some of the meals you've had recently. <laughs> and the reason I ask them to do this is because we talked about this three times a day, body maintenance task. You are so into that meal, but then it's easy to fade out of our mind again because it comes up so often. Easy and easy. Yeah, out, exactly. Yeah. And so I say, hey, you might think you'd be too bored by meals like what DJ is describing, but meals are so temporary. The duration of the actual eating, the way that that food you know, makes your body feel afterwards, that's not very long compared to the amount of time that you live in your body you know, the rest of the day. I can help them with that, by the way. Yeah, hit, hit us with that hack you were saying. So I know what you know, Lisa's going to prepare at night. Mm -hmm. Generally, I know that there's going to be a, a change in the carbohydrate content, probably the fat content, and maybe there could be sugar, sodium, depending, right? I know that this meal that I'm going to eat at night with, with her is going to be more loaded. So what I do preemptively, right, mm -hmm. is take all that stuff out in the eating prior to. Yeah. So my three meals prior to are so low in carbs and so low in fat because I know what's coming later. Mm. So I'm preparing that. That's yeah. the hack. Yeah. It's like, I know that I'm not going to ask her to cook me specialty foods. That's not sustainable or realistically or realistic with us. We have a garden. We eat healthy all the time. So our yeah. meals at night are healthy. That's a good thing to point out. You but know, they're just a little bit more fat and a little yeah. bit more carbohydrates. And right. So I'm adjusting to it. Not really offensive, just larger portions. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, but then I am so satiated. And I, I the other night I'm sitting on the couch and I, we, you know, we finished our meal. I was like, it feels so good. Mm. It feels so good to be full. And like, I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. But more than that, I recognize I feel good because I was so good during the day. I did everything according to plan. And then that last little meal and then those little pieces of cookies that I had after that were so gratifying mm. in a new way. It's like yeah. I enjoyed the eating again. Mm. And I'm a frequent eater. It's hard to get people like us who eat the same things yeah. all the time. To be How like many enjoyable. meals have you eaten standing up in the break room uh, at the gym? <laughs> I still do that now, dude. <laughs> yeah, me too. Sometimes so, it's just the fuel. It's, get it done. Well, thank you, because that's what I'm leading into next. Mm. The first part of my day, I recognize food is one thing. Just fuel. Oh, interesting. Just yeah. fuel. It, it. Yes, it doesn't taste bad. I'm not trying to go out of my way to taste gross. And, yeah. No, but it's just fuel. The stuff I put in there is exact. Mm. I know that I need this, this, and this. When it comes to the meal at night, I just let it go a little bit. And it's not that point where it's like, oh, he's just letting go. Yeah. No, no, no. I have a garden. Yeah. I grow fruits and vegetables, man. It's all in my food anyway. So this is an interesting distinction between like the first half of the day being kind of product oriented, the result of what the meal does for you. And then the last meal purposefully being process where it's about the meal itself and enjoyment is a big part of what you derive oh, from it. it. You told me. And I think everybody we, knows this. Like yeah. sometimes we go out for special events, anniversary or whatever. The meal itself is part of the experience. Mm. It's long and drawn out with an appetizer and a, a salad and a you know dessert later on. And to your point, it's you know the right proportions and everything. And so I think that we can build that into our own day. Yeah. Like have a breakfast that just gets you going, but know that you're coming home to a dinner that you're really going to savor every mouthful of. You know, that's an okay thing to do. And I think it is sustainable over the course of a, a long term. 
you see, and this is why I chose to do it this way. Mm -hmm. I could have asked her easily. It's like, hey, you know, go get me some tilapia. We're going to plan out all these meals and have all my containers listed up and this is going to be fine. But you know what? That's more of a hassle for her. And yeah. it's not something that's really sustainable for the regular people out here. Yeah. And I think that when we coach and talk, we really want to show you there's actual real ways to do this. And we're not some magazine trying to hack this. Right. This is an easier way to do this. Yeah. A, a way to live a whole year's yeah. worth of eating rather than just one month for the show prep or the photo shoot prep or whatever, you know? And I remember some of my bodybuilding friends being so cranky as to not even be friend yeah, friendly anymore yeah, when they were in those last, you know, those last stages of their prep. And it's like, uh, I don't think that's a way for a person to live a life, you know, to actually go through their life. And the reason that that's important is because the reality is some of the audience, a lot of people in America, they have some catching up to do right? They're overweight already, or their nutrition habits are not as crisp as, as other people's. And so I think that we have to find that balance of sustainability, but also results where you can feel like you're getting some traction and you're making some difference. And if you can keep up with what you're doing by the end of a year, you'll really be some place that you like. I feel like a lot of people kind of get into this, you know, real crash diet. It's not a sustainable yeah. effort. And then it bounces back. And I, I wanted to remind them that even the people that you're trying to emulate, first of all, they might not be really doing what they're talking about. <laughs> and secondly, if you're trying to emulate them, it might not be correct because you're coming from a different place. Yeah, you need to take a different pace, right? They might be sprinting because they're in their last month before the photo shoot, whereas you need to walk because you have so much further to walk, so much more to go. So yeah. factor that into what you're doing and make sure that your, your plan is sustainable. And we've used that word a lot, right? It, it, it's well, it's what's lacking in a lot of the videos that I watch from about because mm. I watch other people train and talk about nutrition. Mm. It's the one word I, I I fail to hear more than anything else is like, "Yo, sustainability." Kind of yeah, yeah. You can write me the perfect script of eating, but if it's not going to be able to be sustained by the individual, forget it. Yeah. Who cares if it works? Yeah. This other person is going to have to make it work for them. And this this is the uncharacteristic thing that we see, or the characteristic thing we see is these absolutely shredded bodies on mm -hmm. all of these fitness advisors or whatever they want to call themselves. So fitness influencers is what I'm going influencers, for. Influencers, yeah. It's probably the most accurate and description. And you know what? If they're really ripped on that screen, uh, they're probably on point. Mm -hmm. More than likely. Or, I mean, they're meticulous. You cannot be that lean and, and that genuinely big without being meticulous. Sure. So when they're telling you how to do it, trust me, they're way more meticulous and you're probably never going to get there mm. because that's their job. That's what they're showing off, yeah. right? Don't emulate them Yeah. because it's not going to work right? ever. Yeah. You'll get frustrated and be like, I eat like they do and it doesn't work. I'm like, sustainability. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't do it, if you can't afford it and you can't do it the rest of your life, don't do it. Yeah. You're wasting your time. And that's well, and, yeah, exactly. Time. If you can't keep it up, then it's not going to work out. And and if you, I think the kind of the other piece of this is that if you're trying to put yourself on such a dramatic pace that you can't keep it up, then then you will not be successful. So mm -hmm. I'm advocating, and I think DJ is as well. Yeah, Slow it down, ease it up, do something that's going to be more something that you're more capable of. And the nutrition is a great place for people to put their effort into because it's not as physically uncomfortable as the gym. It doesn't generate laundry. Maybe you've got more dishes to make, but get a yeah, meal prep that. service if that derails you. And it has a bigger influence on our 
on our overall sense of self, like you were and mentioning. Quicker. The and psyche. quicker. Yeah, and quicker. And I think that the piece here is that, you know, if you were really caring for yourself and taking care of your, your body with proper nutrition, that sort of has like a spiraling effect. Like it starts at one point, the center of you, and it, it kind of builds out on itself in these kind of progressively larger and larger circles where eventually you're like, yeah, you know what? I am going to do a really proper workout today because I've already taken such good care of myself with my yeah. meals, you know, and my hydration's on point because why not? We'll do that too. And pretty soon your rest, your sleep quality, you start doing some stretching routines at home, and it has this great, this great build-upon effect, which I think you can't get to that buildup if you're constantly plagued by undercutting yourself with poor nutrition. If you're not properly fueling yourself post-workout, your workout quality is going to suffer. If your meal timing is off, your sleep is is just can be wrecked. If you're doing alcohol all the time, you know, like all of these things are really big detracting factors in the other avenues of your life. So I think we should try to make sure we don't run into the problem at all. Wow. And we've mentioned it a few times with this idea of planning, right? Getting ahead of it, making sure that you're not getting yourself into a situation that's much harder to get out of. And I think the the biggest factor is like we mentioned earlier when we talked about a little bit the food journal and how people oh, can boy. be off I on their this part, yeah. man. I know it's important though because if we're looking at our food journal this is how we can actually be real about what we're eating and it allows us to if we if we're really strategic you can review maybe a week's worth of eating and then use that to make an adjustment going forward and I do this with my clients all the time it's a weekly food journal for those that need it we review and we pick something that's going to happen next week or pick one thing that's going to not happen. And that makes it actually, I think it's a, a critical distinction when you start factoring and thinking ahead rather than always trying to backtrack. The difference between planning out a week's worth of food, thinking how many calories each ingredient will be, figuring out what a meal's worth of those would total, that lets you know, like you were mentioning, how to plan your morning versus your, your evening meal instead of, trying to backtrack it and say, how big was that burger? How many calories does that have? Instead, I want you to serve yourself up a third of a pound because you know how many calories that is. And it's that way you're planning work. instead of tracking. This is the toughest part, man. But the planning is less work than the tracking. That's right. And yeah. when it's done, you will now realize it's not that much work. Yeah. It's not. People just, look. The friction comes down as you get more proficient. It does. Proficient. It does. The yeah. reps get easier. It just yeah. gets easier, but you have to stay in it to get it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I know, I mean, well, what do you mean planning my meals? I'm like, you can do this because you already have a plan for your day regardless. Mm-hmm. You know that you're going to have to go to sleep at some time. You know you're going to have to wake up at some time. And if you have a job, you know you're going to have to be at your job for X amount of hours. Yep. You know the factors and times between these slots, the time it's going to take you to get to work, get back to work, to get. These are all times you already kind of know. And if you're not factoring in, you're planning in your meals between that day, well, then what are you doing? Right. It's like almost a little bit irresponsible. Are you saying you can't plan your day to go to work? Oh, I forgot to go to work today. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to take my kids to school. It wasn't on my calendar. Mm. Isn't it? Uh, do you put on your calendar, I gotta go to work today? No, you know what time you gotta go to work. And so if we can just take this idea and say, look, you gotta match the meals or eating between the times. And that yeah. planning is really important. Yep. Because it will set you up for success. And how long are we going? 43. So let's Whoa. call well, let's get pretty close here. We'll call it in a, a this will be our last few minutes. And I think that let's do it. You know, as you're saying that, DJ, I'm listening to you and 
I hope that the audience is taking away that, you know, the main message of this podcast, this episode today is if you're going to put some effort into this, make sure you're not neglecting these nutrition efforts. I think it's okay if they're your primary efforts, maybe your only efforts each week. They certainly would be mine if I was busy, broke, or injured. I'm not going to give up on my quality nutrition. And that's really the point we want to drive home. Do this first. Don't get sidetracked by fancy stuff in the gym or interesting programs on uh, YouTube videos or whatever it may be until you're getting your proper nutrition on a weekly, maybe a daily basis. And if you plan it out, rather than try to re react and, and be retroactive, it will be even less work than trying to follow along. Yeah. And if you want to go for a walk, too, while you're doing all this, go ahead. We're not saying don't go work out. Oh, yeah. That's but, a good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all, we get your physical it's, activity. I feel like it's sort of obvious that that's yeah, what yeah. we're saying. But it, 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 for some of those who are going, oh, wait, you mean you don't want me to work out? Look, man, you know these people out there do this stuff all the that's time. That's a good it's point, like, yeah. No, if you... If my calendar was so crammed full of stuff that I didn't have, I didn't have time for workout sessions, I would still leave the event on there of going to the store, getting the groceries, getting some of the yeah. stuff ready to, for those grab-and-go meals and healthy snacks. You know, that's a very high reward, like three to four hours per week. And that's, for me, that's, you know, I'm a one-person household. I don't have a family. I'm not getting $1,000 in groceries, right? So I can just do it easily each week. And I understand other people have different levels of challenge, but getting those hours sets you up for 21 healthy experiences the next week, right? And if you don't do that and, and you instead focus on getting in four hours of workout, I think that you're always going to be dissatisfied with your results because you're kind of like, if you were a gold miner, you're digging around like now where there's as much value, right? Let's go to where the gold's at, yeah. get that. And I do want to just finish today's episode here with this last bit on the whiteboard, which is the, I think, I'm hoping that when people listen to this, they're like, okay, I'm motivated. I want to start doing something right now. I've just heard these guys talk about the importance. Let me do, let me do some action. And I want to okay. leave them with this last action, which is, I think, a great piece of information I share with a lot of people because everyone wants to know in this moment what they should do. And I think there's kind of two big factors. The first factor is the calories, the sheer amount of food that you eat in a day. This will determine your absolute body size. Whether you're big or small, you're going to need more calories or you're going to need less calories, but you can start to adjust the size of yourself by a little bit of withholding. Or if you're trying to gain muscle mass, you'll need to add some calories per day. So calories, that's going to determine your overall size. The quality of those foods, mm. the ratio between protein, fat, and carbohydrate, the quality of those fats, those proteins, and those carbohydrates, yep. those are the things that will determine your body composition. So mm. first of all, you can play with your body size, right? You want to be a, a big guy or a little guy, and then you can start to adjust your food qualities to change your body comp to achieve a different level of leanness even at the same or similar weight right like you're right. experiencing yep. dj's changing his quality of foods and his quantities and now he's starting to see those changes yep. and so if you're thinking like okay i want to do something right now this is where i would advise you to begin plan ahead for next week think about where your high calorie density moments are try to reduce those a little bit if you can and you'll be getting into that, that advantageous position of not needing to work those calories off later. So plan ahead. Make sure you get your time in the grocery store and that you're setting yourself up for success yeah. without too much 
friction and challenge on a daily basis. They already have enough, dude. They already got jobs and families and other things they got to do. We're trying to make this a little simpler on you. It's not yeah. simple. It's not, it's not simple and or easy. Mm -hmm. So, but it is that traction that you'll need. And yeah. this is where it starts. And I tell one of my clients, it's like, uh, you know, once you start knocking these things off and doing them, you, you actually can start to feel proud of yourself. Yeah. And this builds. Yeah. Once you're, yeah, I get that. Oh, that's the end of our video component. Uh, <laughs> Memory card full. That's okay. So anyway, I'm yeah, telling this off, it's like, <clears throat> excuse me. And so when you build this proud moment or this feeling of success, it builds on itself. Mm -hmm. And then I notice when he falls off, right? And the same thing is true, but it's on the opposite spectrum. He gets yeah. down on himself. It's like, like negative ah. momentum. Like, Man, I didn't make it. I didn't do that. And I was like, so if we could easily get down on ourselves, we can also learn the opposite, which is to be proud of ourselves. Yeah. And I think this is something people don't understand or have been hearing about it, but I'm so proud of myself for doing the things that I've been doing. And then like, oh, DJ, you're a pro, it's simple. No, it's not. Mm. It's not even easy. But I am so proud of myself for sticking to what I want. Yeah. And I'm going to go do it. And what the end result is, it may not be exactly what I assume it will be, but that end result that I will get will be way better. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome for me, and it's yeah. already working. So, guys, look, be proud of your moments. Go ahead and take them. Do you want me to do outro music to all this? Dude? Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll hit you with it, dude. Yeah, hit Go the for outro it. music. Be proud, but it only will happen when you're successful and you take that challenge on. And I guess you we've already kind of mentioned everything. I know we did three a or recap four times already. a recap it, but guys, yeah. look. Nutrition is something so highly important. And the industry is not, they're, they're talking about it, but they're not talking about it like this. They're not making the emphasis so important. Yeah. We are. Yep. We want you to know that most of the stuff that you guys are reading or hearing is like, it's good information, but it's not the right information for you. And probably That's not it. at this time. Yeah. It right. might not be the right match and it might not even be, it might not even be the right info. Like we talked about. Yeah. The fitness influencers are doing dramatically different things to achieve different results than what regular people should yeah. should be going yeah. for. So, and to be fair, your yeah. regular coaches and trainers, yeah, your your regular coaches and trainers don't have to be ripped mm. to be knowledgeable and helpful and do that. And there's this idea that they Definitely have to, don't but, have yeah, to. not so, to get you healthy. Yeah, not to get you healthy. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, you know, the fitness influencers, yeah, they're doing something different. Yeah. So, now you guys were here for a long one. Closing in on another hour. Thank you for being with us for this one. I think we'll ref we will refer back to this episode quite frequently because there's a lot of density in this one. And I hope that uh, it's useful to people that are listening. And so if you can, of course, you'll hear me say again, take a moment to like, comment, share, subscribe, put on the notifications. Everything you can do for us uh, helps. And then hopefully we can spread this out and grow our audience even more. Yeah. Cool. It's not even recording. That, yeah. <laughs> No more video. <laughs>